just before we read, we are going to do a Bible prayer that's come up on the screen. We're going to pray this together. You are righteous, Lord, and your laws are right. You are our refuge and shield, and we have put our hope in your word. Give us understanding that we may live. Direct our footsteps according to your word, and do not let sin rule over us. Amen. I'm going to be reading today from Luke 11, 1 to 13. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, let me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, of the... So he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you. I always enjoy that Bible reading. It always makes me picture a father giving like a scorpion to their child. It's a bit strange, isn't it? Instead of of an egg. Did not see that coming. Uh, My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors at the church, as Simon said. Uh, Cameron, our other pastor, is away this week, um, but it's my pleasure to be preaching for us. Um, Happy New Year. Great to be here for the first Sunday of 2021. Uh, I don't know with the New Year starting off if you're the type to make New Year's resolutions. Uh, Let me put this up. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to maybe exercise more, or I'm going to make time for this, or I'm going to learn French, or whatever it is. Uh, Maybe you've got something like that uh, that you're going to be trying to do in 2021. Um, Personally, New Year's resolutions aren't really that... Uh, so much my thing, but uh, it is nice at the start of a new year to kind of stop, uh, take the time to refresh, re- uh, reset, uh, get a clean start for the new year, I think. And it's good to think about our goals and that sort of thing as we come into a new year. Well, uh, as we start our new year at Trinity Church Brighton, uh, we're going to be starting our year with a new series, which we'll be doing for the next uh, four weeks. We're going to be thinking about how we can grow as followers of God in 2021 how we can grow as followers of God in 2021. In in 2021, do you want to uh, grow more than just physically, but also grow spiritually to know God better? It is almost like uh, we're talking about sort of a spiritual version of New Year's resolutions. Although the only thing when it comes to God, uh, New Year's resolutions kind of get flipped on their head a little bit because when it comes to growing to know God better, it's actually not about us uh, and us putting in lots of effort. It's 
It's all about how God grows us. So the next few weeks, we're going to be talking not so much about the things that we need to do better in 2021. Uh, We're talking about the things that God uses to grow us, his people. How God grows us, the means by which God grows us, the means of grace is a theological term that is often used to describe this idea. And we were thinking of calling our series the, the Means of Grace, but Cameron wanted to call it something a bit more catchy, so he came up with this as a title for our series, Soul Food. Soul Food, God's Menu for Growth. Uh, I went to America a few years ago, I had lots of the southern kind of cuisine, what they call soul food, comes out of kind of black American culture, fried chicken, mac and cheese, cornbread, uh, delicious stuff. Not especially good for you, of course, but it makes you happy. Uh, It's certainly good for your soul. Uh, Well, in our soul food series, we're talking about the food that God gives us. Things that we can eat uh, to grow our soul, to grow to be more like Jesus. And soul food is a good name because it helps us remember we're not actually talking about working harder. We're not talking about trying to find these really difficult New Year's resolutions that we have to work hard to keep. We're talking about the gifts that God gives us, almost like the food he puts before us. We're talking about how we can enjoy those gifts, eat that food and allow him to grow us to know him better. Which of course does mean we have a part to play. If if God kind of puts these gifts before us like a meal, uh, of course, if God's put the food on the table, we have to eat, we have to enjoy his gifts. And as we eat, we will grow. Uh, The means of grace, soul food, do you want to grow to know God better in 2021? Uh, let, me, let me then talk, put on the screen and talk about what we're going to actually talk about over the next four weeks. These are the, these are the ways we're going to be talking about how God grows us. Um, we're going to be doing this for the next four weeks. We're talking about prayer this morning. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about how God uses his word to grow us. Uh, I'll be with you for those first two. And then Cameron, uh, we'll be back for the second two of the series. He's going to be talking about baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, But we'll be talking about actually how the best way to understand those two things is uh, to understand them as amazing gifts that God gives us for the purpose of growing us, uh, like meals that he puts on the table before us. And as we eat, uh, we grow to know him better. So that's the plan for the series. Today we're going to be talking about prayer. And you might wonder, like, isn't prayer just us kind of asking God for things? Uh, How's prayer about growing us? Uh, But today I want to think about prayer and I want to actually show you that at its core, I think prayer is about growing us, growing, growing us to know God better and to have a stronger relationship with God, our Father. And uh, this is how we're going to be thinking about prayer today. Uh, actually, we're going to keep this structure for all four weeks of our series. Over the next four weeks, we'll uh, do a brief introduction, which we've just done. We'll uh, define what prayer is. We'll talk briefly about why we understand the way our prayer the way that we do, so we'll defend it. Uh, and then we'll talk about this question, how does God use prayer to grow us? Uh, and then finally, we'll finish with some practical suggestions. So that's where we're going to go for the series. This is where we're going to go today, uh, talking about prayer. As always, if you'd like this in front of you as we talk today, you can bring up the Sunday Hub on our website and you can find uh, the outline there so you can keep it in front of you the whole time if that's helpful for you. Uh, but let's dive in. Soul food. If we want to grow in faith in 2021, I think this is a great place to start. Prayer. Prayer. Uh, so let's start, start by defining, let's talk about what prayer is. Uh, Jane's given us a good introduction in the kids' talk today to what prayer is. Uh, can I ask you, how do you, how do you feel about prayer? 
What, what is prayer to you? I wonder, do you do pray? Do you pray maybe just every now and then? Do you pray many times a day? Is prayer really important to you? Is it something you do because you want to? Or is it something you do because you should or you feel you should? Do you know what to pray for? For me, I've been a Christian uh, quite a a long time now. uh, And the idea of prayer feels fairly normal to me. And I pray, you know, fairly often. Although I'm definitely in that category where I like to pray more than I do. But I think it's helpful to think about how others might see prayer too. I mean, if, if we try and see prayer from the point of view of those who don't go to church regularly, uh, we might understand that prayer is pretty weird, isn't it? There aren't many other times in life where you kind of pause and bow your head and close your eyes and talk to someone that you can't see. Prayer is a little weird. It's also a bit mysterious. It's kind of a strange thing to do, to talk to someone who's not here, but the person who runs the universe. And, and yet billions of people around the world pray regularly, even, even those who don't normally attend church. Lots of people still pray. I think it's normal to have lots of questions about prayer. Does, does the God of the universe actually care about my little prayers? Do I need to pray if it's something that I can think I can sort out on my own anyway? Um, and what, what actually is prayer in the first place? So uh, what is prayer? I think at a basic level, as Jane said in the kids' talk, prayer is talking with God. Talking to God, who we believe is our Father, and asking him for things. Uh, it's not all that different to me just going and having a chat with my dad, I think. Um, as Jane said, a text message or a... Um, an email or just talking face to face only instead of chatting to my earthly dad prayer means that we can communicate with the lord of the universe which is pretty remarkable if we think about it because of course my dad i could ring him up or go see him and ask him to do something for me maybe lend me his car for a few days or something like that he's got a pretty nice car but um, when i pray to god who is the lord of the universe i mean i can pray for him to heal a disease or to reach into my heart and change my very desires or to blow a hurricane out to sea what an incredible thing that we can communicate with god who is in control of all things i think those of us who are christians we know that prayer is a crucial part of the life of a disciple of jesus i think we we know that prayer is a good thing we might have some questions but i think we get that it's a good gift like a food that god puts before us that we can enjoy Uh, And so we just need to eat and enjoy the gift of prayer, but at the same time, it still requires discipline and hard work and effort, doesn't it? It's such a good thing, but many of us would still like to pray more than we do. It doesn't necessarily come easy all the time. It's prayer, it's it's good, it's it's weird, it's mysterious, it's it's popular, it's a great gift, but it also requires discipline. Uh, I can understand how we might have some questions about prayer, can't we? Let's, Let's go to point three then. Let's defend prayer for a minute i I think uh there are a few things that are good to address just as we come to the topic of prayer i think i've got two i think one is that a lot of people think that when christians pray it's sort of like uh praying to a genie like we're listing off a whole bunch of things that we want like three wishes or ten wishes or it kind of makes prayer seem selfish and one-dimensional it makes god seem like he's just someone like this just waiting around for orders um Obviously, this isn't the biblical idea of prayer. The idea of prayer in the Bible is that the God who made the universe wants to have a relationship with us, his creations. And prayer should therefore be understood in terms of relationship. Of course, all good relationship 
involves communication. And so God certainly doesn't need our prayers, but he wants them because he wants relationship. And that also means that a good prayer life isn't one-dimensional. It should be about more than just listing off a bunch of things that you want. It should be about praise. It should be about expressing feelings and thoughts and regrets and pains. It should be about saying sorry. It should be about saying thank you. That's one thing to address. I think another thing we probably need to talk about when we talk about prayer is to address the idea uh, that lots of people find prayer to be a pretty uh, empty response to something that's hard. Uh, What I mean by that, you might have seen things like this a little bit. Uh, Maybe something hard happens in the world and people say, well, I'm going to offer my thoughts and prayers uh, to those who have been affected. You can understand how people almost find that offensive. Thoughts and prayers are easy, they might say. Why don't you do something that would actually help or make a difference? Of course, a lot of the time people would react like that because they don't believe what we believe, that there actually is a God who does listen and does have the power to make a difference. And that's understandable. I mean, if you don't believe in a God, you're going to think it's pretty silly if someone tells you that they're praying for you. I think prayer is always a good thing and a good response to any hard situation, but uh, we do need to be careful that we don't let prayer be our excuse for not actually helping in a more practical way as well. We certainly don't want to come across as hypocrites who say, I'll pray for you, but I won't help you. If you've had Christians treat you that way in the past, and I'm sorry about that, we certainly don't want to view prayer this way as an excuse to not do anything else. Already we can see that there are a number of complexities around prayer, aren't there? Lots of questions, lots of misunderstandings. And yet if we believe that God is our God and we, he wants relationship with us, then it's easy to see how important prayer is as well. So important. Let's move to our fourth point then. How does God use prayer? This really is the guts now of what oh, we want to talk about. Soul food. God puts this great gift of prayer before us on the table. How does God use prayer to grow us? We're going to turn to the passage that Jane read for us before and have a look at what Jesus said about prayer. As Jane read it, it's from Luke 11. Our passage for today started off, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. As we see often in the Bible, Jesus was someone who prayed. He had a perfect relationship with God, who was his father. And as we've been saying, prayer is all about relationships. So of course, Jesus prayed. One day Jesus was playing in it, praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. It's a pretty fair request, isn't it? And Jesus, you're a good prayer. Uh, we want to become better prayers. Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus answers his disciples by teaching them what we now call the Lord's Prayer um, from verses 2 to 4. As we have a look at this this morning, I want us to see that in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus encourages us to pray a big prayer. Jesus encourages us to pray for the big things that God cares about. I think as we pray for the big things that God cares about, God grows us, helping us to care about what he cares about, helping us to value what he values. I expect the Lord's Prayer is quite familiar to lots of us. These are some of the most famous verses in the Bible. If you've grown up going to church, you've probably said these words many times, maybe even know them off by heart. 
Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Lead us not into temptation. Oh, you might have noticed that uh, the traditional Lord's Prayer that we tend to say in church is a bit different to this because it's, uh, it's got this at the start and then uh, it's got a bit of the Book of One Chronicles at the end, uh, that last part. But still, these words are familiar and they can actually become too familiar, I think. If you've said these words many times before, if you know them off by heart, uh, that's good. But we sometimes don't actually stop to think about what the words uh, mean. There's a show on Netflix that I quite like. It's called Last Chance You. Uh, some of you might have seen it. It's a behind-the-scenes documentary about American college football. It follows a uh, football team in the American South. And because it's in the Bible Belt, before each game, the team, they always say the Lord's Prayer. They kind of, well, they almost chant it. Um, you know, they kind of, uh, you wonder if they're, they're listening to what they're saying. They, they sort of put their hands in before the game and, and bow down. The game's about to start. They say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Okay, boys, let's kill him. You know, the words of the Lord Prayer, you might know the Lord's, of the word, Lord's Prayer really well, uh, but we can just kind of say it out of habit and not take the time to think about what we're saying. Let's just pause and think about some of these words for a minute then. Um, let's think about the Lord's Prayer. Take a, take a look at even at the first line of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus starts this way. He says, when you pray, say, Father... And even this much is incredible, even this this first word. It's Jesus who is the Son of God. And yet Jesus says, when you pray, when you pray, you call God Father. I mean, that that is incredible. We can pray to God and call him Father too. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Now, I don't know if you know what this means. Is hallowed some sort of nickname for God? Is it... Uh, is it praise? You know, God, your name is a hallowed name. If you study these words closely, what you'll find is that in this line we're saying, God, may your name be hallowed. Which means, let your name be honoured. God, hallow your name, honour your name. God's name being hallowed is what happens when we worship and sing songs in church. We honour God's name. God's name is hallowed when Christians live good lives in the world and and God's name is given a good reputation because of his people. That's God's name being hallowed. So we're praying that that would happen. Your kingdom come, what does that mean? Well, does it mean that we want Jesus to return? Yes. Uh, But it's more than that as well. God's kingdom comes when we submit to God, when we make God our king when we let God rule in our lives. When we pray, we're praying, may I treat you as King God. We're praying, may your kingdom come in my life. May your kingdom come in Lockie's life or Rob's life. May we honour God as King. And may it come in the lives of those who don't know you yet as well. Can you see as, uh, as we pray this prayer, we're being grown to think about the things that God thinks about and prioritise the things that God prioritises. It continues on as well, though. Give us each day our daily bread. Now, we, we would probably never say this normally, but we can easily think, you know, I've already got bread in my house. And if I run out, I can just go down to Woolworths. 
why pray a line like this? Well, praying this prayer, I think, reminds us that all good gifts come from God, ultimately. Even the bread you buy at Woolies, God cares for us, and even those basic necessities are gifts from him, ultimately. And it's not just our physical needs we should pray for, but our spiritual needs. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Forgiveness. God is the one who can forgive sins because of Jesus. The Lord's Prayer. It's a great prayer, isn't it? Can I say, if you want to grow to be more like Jesus in 2021, praying this prayer and prayers like this regularly will be of great benefit. Because as we pray these big prayers, our eyes are lifted to see God's priorities We pray for the big things that he cares about and we're grown to care more about the things that God cares about. And as we grow to care more about the things God cares about, we become more like him. But interestingly, Jesus gets to the end of the Lord's Prayer and he doesn't stop. If you noticed in our passage, he goes on to tell then a story, a parable about prayer. I think the parable is actually important to have a look at as well because I think it gives us another side to the story. It gives us balance after reading through the Lord's Prayer. God uses our big prayers to grow us, but he also uses our bold prayers. Point 4B, bold prayers. I don't know if you've picked up the gist of the little story, the parable um, that comes in verses 5 to 13. Basically, there's two neighbours um, you might say it's um, Lockie and Kenny. Um, Lockie needs some bread in the middle of the night. He's maybe had a friend come over late and he's got some dukkha and olive oil, but he doesn't have any bread to dip it in. Uh, he's run out of bread, so he goes over to Kenny's house in the middle of the night. Uh, Lockie knocks on Kenny's door. Kenny's already asleep, so he's pretty annoyed. Don't bother me. The door's already locked. The kids are in bed. But in the end, Kenny probably would get up, wouldn't he? Because he's a good guy and because it's the easy, easiest way to make Lockie go home. And even if he... He just rewards Lucky's boldness. Lucky gets his bread, enjoys his dukkha and olive oil. What's the point? The point is not that God is annoyed if we ask the things in the middle of the night and wake him up. God is a little bit like that reluctant homeowner. But the point isn't one of similarity. The point is one of contrast. If even a grumpy neighbor, not to call you grumpy, Kenny, um, if even your grumpy neighbor would get up and give you what you asked for in the middle of the night, how much more does God love giving good gifts to his children? The point, I think, for us is that when we pray, we should ask for things boldly. Ask and it will be given. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you shall find. God wants to hear your prayers. Yes, he wants to pray. He wants you to pray about the big things, like the things in the lord's prayer but he wants you to pray for the little things too he wants to hear about that dinner that you want to go well he wants to hear about taking your car to the mechanic and hoping that it's not too expensive he wants to hear that you want to get that job when i look back in my life i can think of lots of things like that and lots of examples where god has answered prayer Uh, One thing that comes to mind for us, um, a few years ago, Annika was trying out for a job. We'd prayed and prayed that she would get it, and she did get it. Praise God. Uh, It really felt like an answer to prayer. A year later, it came time for her to find out whether her job would be extended for another year, and for whatever reason, we kind of just assumed she would probably get it. And I I I 
can't speak for Annika, but I certainly didn't pray about it at all. And one day an email came through saying that she'd lost the job. She wasn't going to get it for another year. And I certainly, my reaction was, well, we prayed about it a year ago. We didn't pray about it this time. We probably should have brought that before the Lord. And then funnily enough, we did pray as soon as we found out the news. And the next day an email came through saying there'd been a mistake. And actually she had gotten the job after all. I, could it just be a coincidence? I mean, I don't know. It certainly taught us a lesson about trusting in God rather than relying on ourselves. Of course, there are times when God might say no to our prayers. God's not the genie who grants out every wish. God knows what we need better than we do, and so he gives us what we need. You might have noticed at the end of verse 13, uh, the parable has said, you know, if you fathers know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will God, and you kind of expect it to say, how much more does God know how to give us good gifts? But actually, what does it say? It says, God knows how to give us the Holy Spirit. If prayer is ultimately about growing closer to God, then having his spirit with us is what we need most of all. That's the thing that we're really promised. But I think the point for all of us really in all of this is that if we want to grow to know God better in 2021, if we want to trust him more, well, as you pray about everything and anything, you grow to trust him more and more with every little thing in your life. And as we pray about the big things, we're shaped to have his priorities. As we pray about the little things we learn to rely on him as we pray about the big things, we grow more like him. Okay. As we finish then, let me spend a couple more minutes on practical suggestions. Last point. Uh, let me just try and land what we've been talking about a little bit more. I've got a picture here for you that'll try and draw this together. I think in lots of ways our prayer life is a bit like walking along a mountain ridge. Because in terms of prayer, I think there is a bit of a balance. And if we get it wrong, we can end up falling off too much to one side. I think there is a bit of a balance. One mistake I think we can make is that our prayer life can become really selfish. We pray only about the things that we want, our immediate needs. We almost treat God like a genie. There's lots of reasons why this is dangerous. It means we only think about ourselves. Maybe we tend to pray more when things are harder and when things are going well. We don't bother to pray so much because we don't think we need any help. I can definitely find myself in that category from time to time. If that's the danger for you, I've got, I've got a couple of suggestions. Well, we've talked about the Lord's Prayer today, how it shapes us to have God's priorities. Uh, one suggestion for you is maybe this week it's time to reflect on the Lord's Prayer. What you could do, you could even take the Lord's Prayer one line at a time and each day just think about that line of the Lord's Prayer and pray for a while based on what that line talks about. Jesus provided that prayer and it's a great meal, a great bit of soul food that as you consume and enjoy, you will be grown to be more like God. Allow the Lord's Prayer to shape your priorities as you pray. That's one suggestion. Uh, Another suggestion, this is just... Something practical, something I've found helpful uh, to use in this area is some pre-written prayers, some pre-prepared prayers. Good tongue twister. Yes, they might not be quite as kind of specific and personal to you, but that's the whole point, right? To get the focus off yourself and onto God. Um, This is a set of prayers that I've used before. They're written by a guy called Peter Adam, uh, who's from Melbourne. They're just a great uh, selection of prayers, one for each day of the week. He's just found them helpful and written them down. Uh, I've used them before. They're really helpful, and I would really recommend... Um, trying something like that. Um, if you'd like to have a look, I've put a link on the bottom of the sermon outline on the Sunday Hub, or feel free to come and 
grab this particular copy off me. Um, it's just a great way to lift your mind off your everyday circumstances and to think more about the priorities of God. Something like that can be very helpful. Uh, but as I said, there is a balance here. And I think there is a mistake that you can make on the other side of the ridge as well. And that's, I think we can hold back from God sometimes. As Jesus showed us in the story, the parable, God wants to hear our prayers. He wants us to trust him with the little things too. He's not too busy to hear about those little things going on in your life. There's nothing too small to bring before God. And it might be that you find yourself holding back from God. You're happy to pray about those big things. You say the Lord's Prayer, but you don't need to pray that work goes well tomorrow. You know, you can take care of that. God doesn't need to worry about that. If we're going to grow closer to God, we need to practice trusting him. And a good way to practice trusting him is to bring before him all the small things as well. If you think this is more your danger, this is maybe the thing that you need to work on more. I've got a couple of suggestions again. Um, One I've done before at different points is to try using a notebook. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Uh, Maybe that's a new thing you want to try this year. Pray with a notebook. Just make a conscious effort to pray for the things that are on your heart. You don't need to write down all the detail. Just write down, you know, dot points, whatever it is. Write down the things that you're praying for. And do that. We do that because it will make it much easier for you to see if God is answering your prayers. Sometimes we can pray for things and God can answer our prayers in all sorts of ways, but because we've forgotten what we prayed for in the first place, we don't even notice, right? So that's one suggestion. Try praying with a notebook. I've got a resource for this one too. Uh, This is another thing I found helpful. This is just a book that I really enjoyed. Uh, I would definitely recommend. It's called A Praying Life. It's written by a guy called Paul Miller. I've put the link on the Sunday Hub again, and, and you're welcome to come borrow it. It's not a hugely theological book. It's not an academic book. It's, it's just the reflections of a guy who's spent a life praying, bringing things to God, uh, great reflections on prayers, great encouragement that God answers prayers. Very easy to read, very down-to-earth, one that you can read through very quickly. And it's a book that doesn't really make you smarter as much as it just makes you want to pray more, which is... Uh, a good thing I want, I think. So I recommend that one to you as well. So I think they're the two dangers of prayers, prayer, of prayer. I think two extremes we want to avoid. Uh, it's a bit like walking along a ridge. There's dangers to avoid. But uh, I suspect though, when you're walking along a ridge line like this, uh, one of the best things you can do is not to focus actually on the precipice to your left or the precipice to your right. I think the last thing to say is focus on what's in front of you. What's our, what's our goal in prayer? Where are we trying to get to? Uh, we're trying to get to God. I think, as I've seen today, ultimately prayer is about our relationship with God. It's about learning to trust him more. It's about learning to see things as he sees them. It's a great gift that he uses to grow us. So here's my final thing to say about prayer. Don't, I think sometimes we need to not focus so much on the how or the what or the method or whether you should be doing more praise or more confession or whatever. I think it's good to focus on God Think about him, reflect on him, meditate on him, talk to him. Prayer, I think, is about God. It's about getting to know him better and becoming more like him. It's a wonderful gift that we've given, that we can, we're, that he's given, that we can talk to him and have a relationship with him. So as we pray, we enjoy that gift that he's given. It's good to focus on him. As we finish then, I'd love you to join me. As we pray together the Lord's Prayer, that'd be a good way to finish, wouldn't it? Would you join me as we pray together the Lord's Prayer? It's on the screen. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.